it's really important that you are focused on creating the life that you want, that you're focused on creating what you want for you. Namaste and welcome. I'm Vettina Blumenthal and you're listening to the Soul Compass Podcast. The place for creative minds and soulpreneurs just like yourself to find your inner calm and deepen your self-discovery journey. You'll learn practical tips from experts and get inspired to enhance your mental and emotional well-being. Turn off your notifications, put your phone on airplane mode for this episode. It's time to focus and renew your commitment to yourself. Are you ready to take your passion and turn it into your dream business? Or are you a wellness and spiritual entrepreneur that's ready to take your biz to the next level? The first step is taking our free brand alignment audit where you'll discover your unique strengths and opportunities to optimize your wellness brand. With this step-by-step guide, you'll tap into greater confidence, abundance, and alignment with the soul of your business. You can find the brand alignment audit for free on aligncreativeminds.com. We all hold beliefs that shape the decisions we make every single day. As young children, our beliefs are internalized, quietly forming the way we see ourselves and the way we interact with the world. But what if those beliefs aren't serving you anymore? What if they're simply not true? Are you believing something to be true that is limiting your potential and holding you back from being aligned with your true self? For most of us, the answer is probably yes. Perhaps it was something someone told you when you were young or a generational belief structure that exists in your whole family or community wherever it came from. The good news is, is that you can change your belief structure. You have the power to realign your thoughts, overcome those beliefs, and choose to believe something that would serve you better. Our incredible guest today is Christine Kolzing, and I'm so excited to dive into this topic with her. Christine is a transformational mindset expert who guides wellness entrepreneurs to step into their most powerful selves. She's very multi-talented. She is a master success coach and CEO of the Alignment Tribe, an NLP and Reiki practitioner, certified Pilates instructor, health and wellness coach, and an all-around beautiful and inspiring person. In this episode, Christine explains in detail how beliefs are formed and shares the number one thing that she teaches her clients, which is that you have the power to choose your beliefs. You'll discover how to identify your limiting beliefs and learn how to realign your thoughts, expand your thinking, and design a life that you love. I know you're going to be so inspired what Christine has to share, so tune in, unwind, and let your heart and mind expand. Christine, thank you so much for joining us on the Soul Compass podcast today. I'm so excited to dig into your expertise. I know that our listeners are really going to dig the concepts that we're talking about today, which is discovering and realigning belief structures that keep soulpreneurs from the success they want. So welcome, Christine. Thanks for joining us. 
Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So excited to dive into this topic. And for those of you, uh, I know that I just gave a little intro to Christine, but she is very multi-talented with the type of work that she does. And I'm just excited to dive into this topic today, especially because I know even for myself, beliefs that have been holding me back, and I've never really thought of a formula on how to uncover those. Uh, So I guess we'll dive in. How are beliefs formed? So our beliefs are formed from a really early age, most of our beliefs. And our beliefs before we are seven, eight, nine years old, we're just basically a walking sponge. We're just an open subconscious mind. And everything that we take in, everything that we see, hear, feel, taste, and touch, it all gets stored in our subconscious mind. And we We soak up all of that as if it's equally true because the brain hasn't developed this thing called the critical factor. And think of the critical factor like the wall around a castle. It's sort of like the guard that determines what should come in and what should stay out, what's true, what's false, what's real, what's not. And so this is why when we're young, we can believe in Santa Claus and the tooth fairy and in the cup that's sitting in front of us. What? They're not real? Real. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I should always give that caveat. If you're listening with children, it is real. No, we believe that all of these things, they're equally real. And then around the age of like seven, eight, nine, that critical factor develops. And then we start to question right? That's why that's about that age when kids are like, how does that guy get to every single house in the world on one night, right? We start to be able to analyze. We can critically look at things. We can judge things. We can see what's, you know, right from wrong. And, and so before then though, everything that's coming in feels equally true. And the things that we hear from people of authority, like our parents and our families, maybe our teachers, maybe if you're part of a religious denomination, the things that those people believe, the things that they say to us have a lot more weight because they are the authorities in our life. And you know, when you're little, you don't have a very expansive social life. There's just a few people (laughs) around. And so what they believe, what they experience, what they, they say to us comes in and we believe it to be true. And what happens is many of those things really work in our favor and they create empowering beliefs. You know, if your teacher said to you at one point, you're so smart, right? And you're like, oh, I'm smart. Well, then you begin to see evidence of that, that idea, I'm smart, gets reflected back to you. You start to filter in confirmation that that's true and you filter out evidence that that's not true. So you reinforce the belief. Now, had that same teacher said to you, you're a slow learner, then you would have internalized that belief and and you would also see evidence of that being true. And the challenge is that if you haven't critically looked at that, if you haven't analyzed that, if you haven't stepped back and and asked yourself, is that actually true? Then you continue to operate from these beliefs without questioning them. 
I mean, it could be that you're not a slow learner. Maybe you just don't learn in the traditional school system way of learning, right? Which most kids don't. Yeah, I can relate to that. (laughs) Kids are experiential. They liked using all five senses to learn. Most kids don't learn that well just sitting at a desk staring straight ahead, right? Right. But if that was an idea or a decision or a thought that you had that didn't get challenged, your mind, what happens with your, your mind is that a belief, an idea, a thought that you have you create a mental image of that. And the subconscious mind will delete out evidence that that's not true. And it will filter in the evidence that that is true. It will continue to confirm it. And so you end up in this loop of having the belief, seeing the evidence of its truth, continuing to believe it right? Even though it's maybe not a belief that's serving you. Right. And I can almost think of something that even from my own life experience, when as a little girl, I was often told, oh, you're not good at English, meaning English class, writing, essays, etc. My entire life up until like the last year, Anytime I was faced with any sort of writing project, whether it was an essay, maybe poetry, then I went to OCAD for design and we had to do a copywriting course and I feel paralyzed every time I looked at a blank sheet or I had to come up with writing because my thought is nothing's going to be good. I'm not good at writing. What's the point of this? And it almost felt like there was a mental block before I even started. And, you know, now in my 30s, I have my own business, had to do a lot of my own copywriting. And, you know, I just said to myself, okay, Bettina, like, let's just do this and have no, no expectation of the outcome. And as I was writing and writing my sales pages, my website, the social stuff, people started saying to me, Bettina, you're such a good writer. And I looked in the mirror and I just started crying because I'm like, I've been holding this belief for so long and I had a gift that I didn't even realize it was just a false belief that I had about myself. And are there any examples from your life of a belief that you've overcome? Well, I just want to touch on what, what you said. The first thing there is that beliefs are not facts. It was not a fact that you were not a good writer. It was a belief. And in the process of choosing to feel differently about it, you were able to take action because our beliefs really inform our feelings and emotions. And then we, our actions are based on how we feel. So if the belief is I'm not a good writer and when I think about writing, I get anxious and nervous and, and then it causes me to choose to not take action. Well, then I'm still not writing, which then reinforces the idea that I'm not a good writer right? So what you did in short-circuiting that is you chose a different feeling. You said, I'm going to choose to not focus on the outcome. And then you were able to get into a new action. And then you created a whole new belief structure of, I actually am a good writer, right? Which was always true. Yeah. And I never took the chance to explore it because I just, I thought this belief was definitely a fact. Like there's no point of even working on it. I'm not any good. Look what was on the other side. (laughs) Right? It's so amazing. And the emotion that we tie to these beliefs is a good indicator of if what we're thinking is serving us or not. 
So I think one of the things you'd asked before we start our interview is, and I had this come up with one of my clients recently. She's like, I'm not even sure if I know what my limiting beliefs are. And I always love using emotions and feelings as an indicator of our thoughts because our, our mind and our body are totally connected. What we think informs how we feel and how we feel informs how we think. So if you're in a space where you're feeling anxious, nervous, worried, it's a really good time to just pause and ask yourself, what am I thinking? If you've had that belief for so long, it's just running in the background. You don't even consciously think it. It's just there. So use your feelings as a guidance system, right? Like, okay, well, if I'm feeling these negative emotions, what am I thinking? Oh, I'm thinking I'm not a good writer. The next question is, well, when did I decide that? Most of our beliefs are just thoughts we've, we've continued to think. And at one point that thought had a, it had a genesis, right? So when did I decide that? Or is that, and I, I have a worksheet that I can give to your listeners too, that will help them work through this. We'll, we'll so link you that can, in the show notes for sure. Okay, cool. Cause you can ask yourself the questions like, when did I decide this? Is this my belief? Is this someone else's belief? Do I want to continue believing this or what could I believe that would be more true for me and work in my favor? And to your question, you know, do I have an example of this? And, and the one I always use is I had a belief that I wasn't good at technology. And this is so similar to, to your belief. I had this belief that I wasn't, I wasn't techie. I wasn't good at technology. My brain didn't work that way. That's, those are like the things I would say to myself and how that manifested was I would sit down to learn something or have to do something for my business. I own two online businesses. So you can imagine that feeling like I'm not good at technology would create a lot of frustration. So then those emotions come up. I'm frustrated or I'm angry or I'm overwhelmed, feeling helpless. And the thoughts that were always arising is I'm just not techie. My brain doesn't work this way. I'm not good at this. And it was really holding me back in my business. I knew that if I had continued believing that, then I was going to continue to feel frustrated around technology and, and building an online business. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's going to get harder. <laughs> of course. So one of my mentors actually asked me, well, when did you decide that? And I had to sit with it for a bit. And what I came to realize is I actually decided this in college. Okay. I'm a little older than you. <laughs> uh, I was in college. We had just started using email and computers. I still was in college in the days when we used a card catalog, which was like little index cards that were in a drawer. And you had to like search through little index cards and you'd pick out the card and then you'd take that little card and you'd walk through the library and you'd find your book. And then you'd get the book and you'd copy the pages that you needed. I'm 45, but like that was, she looks was great. You should see her. Look at, look yeah. at the cover image. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So using a computer was not something that was like part of, of our everyday experience. Right. I had to go to the computer lab at school to write an email to my teacher because email was only done at school. So honestly, the day I graduated, I was like, sweet, I don't ever have to learn technology anymore. It was a flippant decision that I made that I wasn't going to need technology. I wasn't going to need computers because I was going to go own a juice bar and a vegetarian cafe and I was going to go do my thing and I wasn't going to, I didn't see how I would need this in my life. Right. But that thought, 
it transformed from I won't need technology to I'm not good at technology. And then that belief just kept getting reinforced every time I, I had to learn something new and I was feeling those feelings of frustration or whatever, I would not take the action. I would throw up my hands. Well, I'm not good at technology. And it would just reinforce that belief. So when I backtracked, I was like, oh, well, that was a decision I made when I was 20 that had, or 21 that had, you know, I didn't know at the time that was the best decision I could have made. I, I didn't have the foresight to think I'd have a computer in my pocket. Yeah. I don't think a lot of iPhone wasn't on my radar. (laughs) (laughs) That was the best choice I could make at the time. Right. But what's a new choice that would serve me better? And so I couldn't flip the belief to be I'm techie or I'm good at technology. That felt too far of a jump for me. So what I decided to believe and which I know to be true is that I'm capable of learning new things. Yeah, that's beautiful. And so that is the belief that I then adapted. I'm capable of learning new things. And so when I sit down at my computer to learn something new, Kajabi or some, you know, email market, whatever it is, I'm like, well, I'm capable of learning new things. And sometimes that being capable is asking for help or it's watching a YouTube video or it's, you know, well, let's see what, let's see what happens when you press this button and just having a little more fun with it and, and enjoying the, the process of it. And, but it was really that going back to figure out when did I decide that? And that's not always easy. Sometimes the beliefs you have came are generational and that's the structure that you came into. And that's sometimes you just don't know. And in those cases, you can say, well, I don't know, but I know it's not helping me right now. So can I move forward and choose a belief that would serve me better? Right. And, you know, we talked about a couple different types of beliefs. We have the generational. We have a belief that was formed by someone telling you you're not good at this. And then we have yours, which was a belief that you created for yourself. In my type of belief, I guess someone had told me, like, you're not good at English. And there are definitely times, especially as I'm realizing this belief, like that I wanted to be angry and blame this person. And also this person didn't know better themselves, you know? And then I was putting myself in the victim position in my in terms of my beliefs. And then one day it came to like, okay. I want to empower myself. I want to change this belief. And I'm I'm just wondering, I know you were you were touching on it, but how do we release these different types of beliefs and create structures that that serve us? Yeah, it's a really really great question. And you touched on it there is that you chose it. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we we think that choosing it is hard takes time. It's difficult. We have to fix all these other things. And, and sometimes it's really, it can be as simple as choosing it. I choose a new belief that serves me. If it's a belief that you've created based on a decision you made, sometimes that's a little easier. If it's a belief that your whole family holds or that your whole society holds, those can be a little bit harder to change for you because that might change relationships. It might change how you're perceived. It might change a lot of things. And so it's really important that you are focused on creating the life that you want, that you're focused on creating what you want for you. And I tell my clients all the time, it's about being at cause. So everything in life is a cause and effect. 
And if we're being at cause, it means we're choosing our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions. Being at effect is when we're living reactionarily based on how others act and think and feel and what they're doing. It's a lot of the blaming and complaining. And, you know, you, you switch that. You're like, well, can I live the rest of my life blaming this person for having said something? Or can I take responsibility for what I choose to believe now? And that's really self-empowerment. When you're living at cause, when you're really, truly choosing what you think, what you feel, and what you do, you have all the power to create the life that you want. You have all the power to create the beliefs, the identity. You can manifest whatever you want. It is the most powerful place to be. And it takes, takes a little practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes other people uncomfortable sometimes, but they are also at cause for how they feel and what they think and what they do. And you can let them have their own experience while you continue to focus on creating the life that you want. I love that. I think I think that was one of the hardest things for me, especially as a recovering people pleaser. You know, I definitely played victim in a few areas of my life. And I think that the most empowering thing for me was taking responsibility for my experience. And I think it's one of the hardest things because you're like, I just want to blame this person and it's their fault. But I was spending so much energy on on that. And when I flipped the switch, it was a really uncomfortable feeling to take responsibility in the ways I might have contributed to that experience. But I think that you said it so beautifully, right, right when you take the responsibility of how you feel, your emotions, and the way you act, uh, your beliefs, this is when you start empowering yourself. And I, and I don't know if you have any solid advice for the solopreneurs that are listening, that are looking to restructure their beliefs. Is there, is there any piece of advice that you would give them on this journey? I think it goes back to just choosing for yourself what you want. You choose to create the life that you want. And we live in a lot in Western society. There's a lot of structures built around what that means. And we're told that if we're choosing a life that we want, we're being selfish or that, you know, especially for women, I see this happen a lot. Some of us want to just create a business because we want to, because it's fun, because we enjoy it. But we're told that in order for us to want that, there has to be an ulterior reason. Like, oh, I want to create a lot of money so that I can donate to charity, uh, so that I can give back to my family. Like, we think we can't just choose what we want. You're allowed to just choose to create a life you love. You're allowed to just choose it because and choose to create the business that you want just because it would be fun. Choose to want a lot of money because it would be fun because it's what you want. You just want to choose it. And the more you choose your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions, the more in alignment you'll be with choosing the life that you want. I think it's the number one thing I teach my clients is being at cause for their lives. And the more you do it, the more and more freedom you experience. Because if you're living a life where you're trying to please everyone else and manage their thoughts and their feelings, and oh my gosh, it's exhausting. <laughs> Tell me about it's it. It's kind of crazy making. I know. Cause, and I think we, as women, this, the, a lot of the structures that, that are created for women is that that's one of our roles is, you know, taking care of others. And 
when we allow others their own experience of their life, they choose what they think, what they feel, and what they do, even if they don't know that. (laughs) It is what they're choosing. And we continue to just choose for ourselves. There's so much freedom in that. And we can choose to believe whatever we want. We can choose to believe that we are the powerful creators of our life, that we are worthy, that we're deserving, that we can create a limitless income and abundance, that we can create massive impact in the world, whatever it is that we want. We continue to choose how we feel, what we think, and what we do. And I think everything else flows from there. Christine, thank you so much for this enlightening conversation. I love talking about this stuff. So I'm really glad I got to spend my afternoon talking about this with you. This was awesome. I know that a lot of our listeners will definitely be interested in what you're up to. Is there anything that you're working on right now that you think they might dig? Yeah, I have a couple of things. So um, I have a podcast as well called The Alignment Tribe. And I also have a free group on Facebook, The Alignment Tribe. And every Monday, I do a free coaching training in there, Mindset Mondays at two o'clock Eastern. So that's a great, those are two great free resources that your listeners can use to start shifting their mindset and start really um, doing what they what they can do to become powerful creators in their life. And then I also have two courses. One is for um, entrepreneurs who want to create a high value offer. um, And the other is for kind of everyone else, if you don't have an offer, but in both courses, align and design your life and align and design your business. It's really about um, stepping into your most powerful self so that you can attract what you want in life and really thrive in your life. So, and then you can come find me on on all the socials if you want more information. Amazing. And where can they find you on social? So on Instagram, I'm at Christine Colzing. It's Christine and Colzing, both with Ks. And then also on Facebook, I'm Christine Colzing. And then the Facebook group is The Alignment Tribe. Amazing. Well, we'll make sure that we link everything in the show notes for our listeners. Thank you so much again for joining us on this episode of Soul Compass. Thank you so much. It's been great. That's a wrap for this week's episode. To stay connected between our episodes, you can head over to soulcompass.life and sign up for our newsletter to stay up to date on all things self-discovery. And please don't forget to hit subscribe in your podcast player right now so you never miss an episode. If this content inspired you even just a wee bit, please leave me a note telling me on iTunes. I read every one of your comments personally, and your feedback really helps me grow the show and produce the type of content you find valuable. Thank you again for dedicating time to your self-discovery journey. Not only are you contributing to your own mental and emotional well-being, but you are contributing to a healthier, more harmonious world and raising the consciousness of our planet. You, my friend, are amazing and beautiful just the way you are. Thank you for being part of our journey and thank you for letting us become part of yours.